Topics. We had some nice hand movements for that one. Yeah. It was dainty. It was elegant. It was dance. I loved it. Yeah. We should do that every time. Yeah. I was really entranced for a second. I think <laughs> you were putting me into a spell, though. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name, Megan? Oh, I'm Megan. <laughs> You like how I asked you, what's your name, Megan, so that you can say it twice. You, so you reminded me what my name was as you're asking me. I do appreciate that. And what's your name, Brooke? My name is Brooke. Oh, my gosh. You got great. it right. That's crazy. Fabulous. We got this right. I'm good. I am not sweltering, but I'm getting close. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we're just going to continue the small talk, and each of our podcasts is just going to be about the heat How level. hot it is. Yeah. You know... <laughs> I have no words. It's warm. I have no words. It's warm. I'm sweating. Let's get into it. Today, Yes. we're talking about, well, we're doing kind of a the second episode on codependency and romance. We, the last one was codependency and romance, like in a relationship, and now we're doing the breakup. Yes. Now, not that it's inevitable. We're not saying all relationships end, but if they do, yeah, the breakup is often really hard for codependence. Yeah, and as much as it's a depressing topic to talk about, I mean, I think it helps to discuss what codependents experience in a breakup, and I think that understanding and relating to that better can better, like, we can understand ourselves when we are going through these situations. And it'll feel less hopeless, I think. It feels less hopeless when you kind of break it down and zoom out and talk about it in more of a clinical, objective way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, because we've all experienced this at some point or another, either whether or not you're breaking up with someone, which is can be equally as painful as getting broken up with. Mm-hmm. Um, navigating through those is never easy. And I remember, like, it's kind of funny, but, like, when I first experienced my, like, first breakups in my early 20s, I, like, thought the world was ending and, mm-hmm. like, it was so dramatic. I didn't even know how to, uh, you know recover from that because mm-hmm. it felt like it was such a blow to me personally as yeah. a person yeah and we'll discuss all this because this episode you know we're discussing how to navigate those breakups but we're also going to be discussing how to navigate detach detaching from mm-hmm. someone which this doesn't always show up in breakups detachment shows up in a lot of different ways in our lives for people we actually want to keep in our lives we sometimes still need to detach from them because we've mm-hmm. been too attached so yep. let's go over it um First of all, there is an expert by the name of Ross Rosenberg. He's a therapist and a codependency recovery expert. He wrote something pretty interesting, and I thought I should include it in this Mm -hmm, pod, but mm -hmm. um, he writes that for a codependent person, a breakup causes pathological loneliness, which can be excruciating and painful and is experienced physically, emotionally, and spiritually. In the throes of pathological loneliness, the codependent often feels isolated, unloved, unsafe, and fundamentally unworthy. So, I know that's a lot of darkness right there. (laughs) But, I mean, it's true. I don't know about you, but I've experienced some devastating times in breakups. And it feels like, like I just said before, it just feels like I'm being personally attacked and that the person... There's something fundamentally wrong with me and I won't ever experience love again. All the dramatics, right? Yeah. And also it's because I think, you know, codependency comes down to low self-worth, low self-esteem. 
no confidence, all of our value is being placed on the other person. So then when they are removed from the equation, our value is removed from the equation. And mm-hmm. I just remember one time uh, I broke up, well, what, when? I don't remember when this was. Gosh, I'm so bad with years. This was years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I broke up with somebody or he broke up with me. And then I was talking to my mentor at the time or I asked to meet up and I just was completely broken and shattered and I didn't even know what to say. And all I could say was, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Wow. And she was kind of like, I could tell concerned, like she knew this was not quote unquote normal. Like yeah. it was bi- a big, big problem. Not just like, I miss him. It yeah. was like, I was a shell of a person. Now I'm like, my reason for my value, my reason, yeah, yeah, it's gone. So, yeah, I think that's just a pretty good image of codependency. I don't know what to do now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, now that you mentioned, I had the exact same I don't know what to do experience after my first very real Mm -hmm. girlfriend Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my early 20s. I remember when that ended, I truly, I was like, wait, but physically and emotionally, what do I do because I don't I don't even know how to move and breathe without this person and I know it sounds very dramatic and like wow really but if you have severe codependency issues that's my what might look like that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um I don't know what that was by the way (laughs) (laughs) she's on location (laughs) New Mexico (laughs) if anyone knows what that's from email us at do you like us pod at gmail.com and you'll be our best friend (laughs) and we must know immediately if you know this reference because we will die (laughs) Uh, you found this quote that I really like. It says, I think the problem is that we depend on our lovers to love us the way we should love ourselves. Yeah. And, and I, I think that, that is the problem, of... indeed. <laughs> in, uh, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> I actually feel like that's kind of what we were just saying. Like, I don't know what to do. Meaning, yeah. I've gotten all my self-love from them and they're gone. So who's going to give that to me now? Yes. And I don't know about you, but I'm starting to feel in, like, my empowered era where I'm starting to, like, kind of gain back a lot of my power, especially after having some disappointing experiences in the dating world this year. Like, superpowers? (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that you mention it. What? (laughs) I don't want to alert you right now, but... Are you radioactive? Uh, Yes. You were bit by a spider? Yes, and I can move things, so I just moved. Yeah, don't look, but I just moved something. Don't you. look. <laughs> <laughs> but it did happen. Close your eyes, and then it's going to be moved by the time you open it. I just hear clunking. Like, I hear you get up and move it. <laughs> I know. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Shut your ears, Keep too. your eyes closed. <laughs> Shut your ears. All right. Um, so let's talk about what happens in breakups with codependence. What do we do when we are devastated and going through this? Because it sucks. So when it first happens, most of the times we'll be extremely shocked. And th- when this happens, our first instinct is to either try and reestablish a connection with the ex or just quickly move on to someone else. And if that's you, if that's the latter, if you do that, if you jump to relationship to relationship, that is also part of codependency because you're kind of avoiding the aspects of that heartbreak so you don't have to go through all that pain and you're just going to jump into something else that will hopefully distract you from going through the pain, you know. And also, like, oh, you're not going to be able to give me my validation? 
okay, this person can then. You know, you're just, yes. you're like hiring someone new immediately rather than learning to do it yourself, which is where it needs to come from. Yes. Are you a relationship hopper or would you say you're not? No, I'm not. Um, no, and I, I feel like also, I don't know. I, f- I feel like, I don't know if this is like a great time to talk about it, but I just feel like I actually adopt like a go away avoidant vibe once I've broken up with someone really or are they've broken up with me yeah like or when I'm like on hinge or like a dating app usually I'm very avoidant I'm like I don't want to tell you anything I don't like it when you compliment me I don't like it if you're moving too fast we are not together get that through your head if they start getting a little too close I stop texting Hmm. like I don't know so you're the, what that is. But you're the avoided attachment? You're not the anxious attachment? Well, I think when I'm in relationships, I'm both. Kind of go back and forth. And then when I'm just dating, or like I don't have a partner, I'm on a dating app, or I'm, I've am i met someone, I'm more avoidant, like pushing you away. I see. Okay. You know? That makes sense. Yeah, I... I understand that. I mean, I think there could be different dynamics in different situations. Like Mm -hmm. you mentioned, you could be avoidant in this. You could be anxious in that. Right. But as far as relationship hopping goes, I am definitely not that person. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't. I don't know. I I usually am the person who's hung up on the ex. And I'm usually the person who will... Like, maybe you'll use talking to someone as a distraction, but ultimately you're hoping to get back with the other person, so you're not going to get too serious with the next yes. person you're talking to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will move on and talk to them casually yeah. and do that. But, like, yeah, no. As far as I'm still remaining hopeful that uh-huh. the ex will turn around. Right. And I think in my delusional mind, I think there's some magical words that I can say to the ex that will get them mm-hmm. to reconsider. Yeah. Um, and even what's crazy is, like, it's not always me getting broken up with, but also me breaking up with people and still kind mm-hmm. of pining over that relationship yeah. that I broke up with. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Totally. You know, so that can still exist in dynamics where you're not actually getting broken up with, but totally. you're breaking up with someone. You're kind of just like kind of keeping that connection alive yeah. or wanting to keep it alive. And I think, again, it comes down to that thing where it's we think we've done something wrong and we can fix it and it's our job to fix it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, codependents are often fixed on winning back their ex and uh, focus, maintain a lot of focus on keeping contact with the ex. So Mm. the codependent will attempt reconnection through various ways. Um, You know, they'll they'll try and become what the ex wanted in the first place. So Mm. that sometimes means changing their behavior in rapid ways or doing crazy things to try and meet the the ex's expectations. Hmm. So, unfortunately, I do that. (laughs) (laughs) Guilty as charged. Um, Hmm. I don't know. Have you experienced this at all? It's... No. (laughs) (laughs) I love just the flat no answer. I mean, no is an answer. (laughs) No, I, I haven't, but I don't not get it. I mean... I certainly get it. And it says, secondly, they'll pepper the ex with emotional insights, realizations, updates about changes, and any other reason they can find to remain in contact. So you're, like, trying to find reasons to to keep talking to them. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this goes with the previous point. And this, that's why I usually remain in contact with my ex is that if things ended a certain way, I feel like if I can just pepper in some, oh, some new emotional insight that I've had since we've broken up or something like, I mean, this happens mainly if, well, it depends. The dynamic could be one way or another of like whether or not you did the breaking up or you got broken up with. But yeah, I will try. And if I do feel like that relationship, maybe we were meant to be or something like I mm. might, mm-hmm. you know, a couple months later, just be like, hey, I was thinking this, this mm-hmm. and this. I'm not saying I do this all the time. I'm saying I've done it once yeah, or twice sure. in my past. But sure. I'm just saying I get the understanding of like the logic behind this and yeah. why codependents think that if they like come up with some new insight, the yeah. person might change their mind. Totally. You know? So, um, they also might try and keep track of the ex on social media, which, yeah, I mean, I, I have a, a pretty firm rule on that usually, though. You're like, no. Yeah, I don't like to keep remain in contact. You know, I feel like when I, my last relationship was enough years ago that it wasn't as prevalent. It was like five years ago, maybe, mm-hmm. now. Oh, oh wow. Gosh, okay. I don't, I don't even know. But I, <laughs> I feel like I wasn't really on social media enough or frequently enough to even really think about this and the people that I've dated don't post a lot so there's really nothing to keep track of I don't feel like I've had this problem just because of circumstances you know yeah yeah but it's a big problem and I I've experienced the reason why I have a hard rule on it now is Mm -hmm. because I've experienced how hard it is when you try well you're putting one codependent addiction addiction of codependency with another addiction of social media which we know is addictive yeah and we can't help it right and put your hands together it's like and you're gonna tell me that you guys just broke up it's been a couple days and he or she posted a story and you're not gonna look at it i mean that is hard i've been in that situation where i'm like i need to view the story right now on the instagram i need to know what they're up to you know yeah so it's really important and um back on the social media thing real quick i was gonna say that i have noticed that too like in the opposite direction where you know the relationship's broken up with but yet the ex is continuously yeah so i don't know i've just put a a firm rule now where i just like either block or Mm -hmm. just unfriend them and i feel like that immediately boundary it's like hey yeah we're not doing this yeah we can't um and that's hard because that then it comes down to the the topic of staying friends with your ex, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, remain in contact with their exes, mm-hmm. and especially in the lesbian world. Oh, my gosh. Really? Everyone remains in contact with their exes and their friends with their that exes. That can be so hard. Yeah, it is. And um, it's not healthy, in my opinion. And I mean, it depends on how it ended, I guess mm-hmm. you can say. I mean, if it really ended in such amicable terms mm-hmm. where you actually, there was a valued friendship before the relationship started... Then in those situations, I feel like, Mm -hmm. yes. Some people can handle it. Yeah, like, if you had a really good established friendship before the relationship, then I think that is a good, like, you guys can work it out Mm -hmm. to where you might remain friends. But a lot of the times is people jump into relationships without even establishing a friendship. Mm -hmm. So those situations, it's if you only had a romantic connection, just drop it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no need to remain in contact with that person, right? Yeah. Um, Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, this last thing says they... Codependents will remain lost without an identity at this time, even more so than before. And they're so focused on becoming what the other person needs without realizing that their own needs were often not met in this connection. So then when that other person's gone, the person that they were focusing on, they are left without an identity. And that's kind of what I was saying at the beginning, how I felt. What do yeah. I do? What do I do? I have no idea. I don't understand 
myself, this situation, you, this conversation. Yeah. I don't know where I am in the world. I'm lost in space. And you know what? Another phrase that I would use frequently with my therapist was, I feel like I'm like lost in this nebulous abyss just floating around. Like I just can't find yeah. grounding. Yeah. Know? Yeah. You feel like you're floating in air. You mm-hmm. don't know where you're going to go next. You're, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. All right, so now let's talk about um, codependency withdrawal symptoms. So this is more like the symptoms you would feel after immediately after a breakup. Now, some of these are pretty common, like everyone experiences these in breakups, but these might be heightened if you're a codependent. So first one is mood swings. Um, next is irritability, um, emotional or psychological distress, depression, high anxiety, high apathy, and most likely to not leave the bed. So, mm. um, that's something I enjoy doing though, when I'm not going through a breakup is I love being in bed. It's an activity bed. for me. Yeah. It makes me feel way better immediately. If I don't have to not leave my bed that day, that's a good day. It's a great day. <laughs> now, some of these obviously, or all of these can happen when you're in breakups and you're not codependent, but yeah. For a codependent, these are heightened and usually more extreme, um, or at least some of them, because of that lack of identity. You're kind of put into this space of not having context for your own life. Like, that is a pretty dark space sometimes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, how would you heal from a breakup as a codependent? Well, Brooke, (laughs) I have some points here. (laughs) The first says, lean on someone. It's important for you to feel seen and loved from outside sources, like family and friends. Yeah, that's an obvious one. I think most of us do this when we go through breakups. But I think it's so common to retreat and isolate. Yeah, and actually, as I said that, I was realizing that I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, this is common. Everybody knows it. But just because you know it doesn't mean you do it. Exactly. You know? And at the first time in my 32 years of existence, I called you in a breakup earlier yeah. this year, right? And I Progress. We, that was huge progress for me because as a codependent, I would normally just be like, I, first of all, I would make the entire breakup about all of what I did wrong. Mm-hmm. So the whole mm-hmm. breakup, the reason why we broke up is everything having to do with me yep. doing, being wrong. So I'm yep. not going to talk to someone about this. Here's why I'm bad. Yeah, I'm not going to call my friend because I feel like they're just going to think that, yeah. well, yeah, you were wrong. I'm embarrassed. Wrong. Yeah, I'm embarrassed for their opinion yeah. of what happened in this. Yeah. But it's always important to remember it takes two to tango in every situation, right? So, like, we can't just be so one-sided with this and think, like, yeah. oh, my God, it was all our codependency that made mm-hmm. this go wrong. Mm-hmm. No, you probably chose someone that was wrong for you at the mm-hmm. same time, yeah. right? And also I feel like people don't. Uh, reach out because well for me it was because I don't know what to say like I don't because of that whole net floating around in nebula thing I'm like I don't know how to explain what I'm thinking or feeling so what am I going to say to you I don't know yeah but it's still important to try and I would I just started by saying I don't I just said that I don't know what I'm feeling I don't know how to explain this and usually People, especially if you already have a good connection and a deep relationship with someone, they're going to be fine with that. You know, you don't have to have a fully formed yeah, statement. Yeah, and I think when I called you when I was having that breakup from earlier in the year, and that was like a significant breakup, because um, I mentioned like a lot of other hinge, like smaller connections and stuff that I had earlier in the year, but mm-hmm. this one was kind of more significant because mm-hmm. we were in a committed relationship and all these things. Anyways, 
when I called you, I'm pretty sure the first words out of my mouth were or similar was like, this is what happened and I don't know how to make sense of it type exactly. thing. Right? So I think a lot of our position is that, mm-hmm. which is we don't really know how to have an opinion on this right now. Yeah. I oh, can't tell you. Yeah. And that's going to have to be okay. <laughs> it's going to have to be. And if they're understanding and if they're in your tribe for a reason, they will be, under, mm-hmm. you know, they'll mm-hmm. be full of this. So identify your triggers is the next one, right? We've talked about this many times in, in different situations with codependency, mm-hmm. but understanding what really is, um, yeah, what, what are your absolute triggers? Mm-hmm. Because if you know this going into the next relationship and as soon as you experience your first trigger, you're like, all right, I know that this is a trigger for me. This isn't going to work. You can handle it differently and you can yeah. respond to it differently. And it's a lot clearer once you use that relationship and breakup as a learning opportunity yes and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the boundaries episode of like <laughs> the jonah hill thing remember yeah that was kind of funny is like yeah just he had the whole wrong way of going about that but like identifying your triggers and then being setting boundaries around those triggers and leaving if necessary um that's the right way to do that mm-hmm. you, but you don't dictate other people's behavior you dictate your own behavior off that so yeah Give yourself time to grieve. Recognize you've had a loss. You do need to express those feelings of sadness and grief and not shut it down. Like feeling like you're, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I feel like sometimes you can feel like you're not worthy of that or something. And so you kind of just shut down your feelings or it might be too scary to feel, Yeah, you know, Yeah, but it's important to get it out. Yep. Next one is engage in art therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a cool idea, but you don't have to, it doesn't have to be art therapy mm-hmm. specifically. However, I personally found this to be super helpful for me this last year, mm-hmm. the last couple of years when I started learning digital art. Mm-hmm. Although I kind of, I threw it by the wayside a lot this year when I really needed to like lean into it more, to be honest. Right. But once I started playing around with digital art, there's something like, um, meditative about it like I will completely lose my sense of um, surroundings Mm -hmm. and I will get sucked into Mm -hmm. what I'm doing with the pencil on the paper and like you can I mean paintbrush however you want to do it I'm just talking about like an iPad how I do it but it's just such a um, relaxing way to disconnect from your situation Mm -hmm. and plug into something else at that moment Right. And I think also a good thing about the fact that it says art therapy is because there's no right or wrong. You are in control. Yeah. You are making the decisions. That's all stuff you need to work on. But in a microcosm situation that doesn't actually matter, doesn't have any risk involved. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, implement a no contact rule. I mean, this is huge. Yeah. Do not remain in contact with your ex if you can help it. I mean, yeah. If there are things that you need to um, talk to them logistically about, maybe you guys live together or you share kids, that's a different story. But there should be no reason why you're staying in contact. Mm -hmm. And that's why when I mentioned earlier that, yes, I do have a problem remaining sometimes in contact with my exes and like playing around with that sometimes. Mm -hmm. I just realize I'm more hurt at the end of the day than I was to begin with. Yeah. You know, so. And then it says work on boundaries. Work on those boundaries, girl. We can't say it enough. And I was actually just talking to Sue. She was like, you know, find situations that are easier to work on boundaries for you and use that as your place to work on it, Hmm. you know, Um, instead of doing it with everyone, doing it with the hardest person there is to set boundaries with. It's like, that's not super helpful. Do it 
at work with one coworker you really like. Yeah. yeah what you know. Test it, gonna, test it out on people you really don't give a shit about, there we honestly. Go. So. <laughs> All right. Next one is switch your focus from the relationship to yourself. And yeah, that's hard, especially when you're breaking up and you're going through that breakup and you are so focused on all of what went wrong and all went did did or didn't go wrong. Mm-hmm. This is really hard to suck yourself out of that mind mm-hmm. space and put it back into yourself, you know, and doing like doing an action for yourself, I think is really helpful because we get lost in our head and our thoughts about all this stuff. Yes. You know, actually implement something that is for you to have an outward moment of like this is what I'm focusing on. Right. And if that's digital art or if that's going on a walk or if that's doing your favorite music, going, um, if you play guitar, maybe you'll spend time looking up a new song you want to learn. exactly. Like just anything. Um, And then recognize when you're making excuses. So, I mean, yeah, a lot of us make excuses, so we need to be careful of um, just how we're making them in regards to this relationship and the breakup. You're trying, maybe you're making excuses for how they treated you, or maybe you're making excuses for how you were, you know, Mm -hmm. how you treated them. Mm -hmm. Just be cognizant of that and Mm -hmm. try and get to the root of the, if you are mind mapping some of what happened in the relationship, if you're journaling it, um, just be aware of what are excuses and what are truth. Yeah. You know. Um, and then integrate your trauma. I think this is a really important one, like making those connections of what has happened to you in the past things that, you know, coping strategies that you have used to get through traumatic times and then what you're still using in situations where you don't really need to be using those strategies anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And then identify all of your addictions. So, I mean, addictions are sneaky and I Mm -hmm. think a lot of us live in denial with addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, social media can be an addiction. I mean, being, exactly. on, being on your phone too much in general can be an addiction. Mm-hmm. There's so much that you could be. What are you doing that's you're trying to numb yourself out and not deal with things? Yeah. There's a time and a place for that. But just, you know, if you're feeling like you need to do it because you're avoiding your feelings and thoughts or you're avoiding grief, that's when maybe you can take a harder look at that. Yeah. Are you using it to distract yourself from mm-hmm. feeling the grief? You know? Yep. Focus on something that brought you joy prior to the relationship. So this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, but really like leaning in on those things, right? So if you had significant hobbies before this relationship that you let fall by the wayside in the relationship, pick those back up again. Do them again. Do the things that bring you joy, right? Yeah. Grounding exercises when you're feeling alone. I love, have you done grounding exercises before? What is that? It's like finding a space, usually no shoes, on something natural like grass or, you know, some sort of natural ground. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, but it's often better. Um, And (laughs) there's a bug in here. I'm swatting it away. (laughs) Uh, I love it because it just kind of calms my body down. There's a lot of research on the, like... uh, I don't really know how to explain it, but a lot of yeah. research on physically what it does to our body for our feet to be touching actual nature, you know, and I can, you can just feel physiologically your central nervous system calm down. It kind of reduces your anxiety, brings you back to your breath. Wow. And it's really, really helpful when you're kind of spinning in your mind about something, you know? Yeah. And if you think about it as kids, we loved like barefoot mm-hmm. running in the grass and it was so joyful. Let's get back to it. It probably throws you back into your inner child, which is a good place to be. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, get quality sleep. I mm-hmm. mean, that's important. And yep. I think I'm terrible with this in breakups. I'm just up all night, either mm. crying or upset or just mm. reeling over stuff, you know? Um, so it's hard. Yeah. Get that sleep, girl. <laughs> I've never said that in my life. <laughs> um, work with a coach. So everyone hire Sue. We'll give you yes, information. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and or join a community. This is also really important. Get people in your life. Yes. You know? Listen to a motivational podcast every morning. So that is Do You Like Us and other codependent topics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the one that is acceptable to listen to. Yes. And none others. <laughs> Actually, you know, there is a podcast called Affirmations, and they're just like 30 seconds to a minute to two minutes to five minutes, and they're just affirmations. Like, and it just says, like, gratitude, wisdom, and you can pick the one that you want. Amazing. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, become aware of your hypervigilance. I mean, that's important to just understand that if in a relationship mm-hmm. aspect of just where were you maybe super hypervigilant in situations where could you may. And how are you being that way in the breakup even? Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah. That's probably where it really shows up for me, especially. Right. I'm just like, oh, dissecting everything exactly. that happened. Right. Um, find a therapist that specializes in codependency. Um, you can actually, if you go to psychology today mm-hmm. and you can type in the search bar codependent therapist and they mm-hmm. will pop great, up. Great. So something to keep in mind yeah. and, um, helpful. Yes. And I think that we should leave it at that. I know that we had another, d- uh, topic mm-hmm. to discuss, mm-hmm. but I think that, um, just making it about the breakup this time and then maybe having a detachment episode. Yeah. Because we had some points to make about detachment, but I feel like if we do that in the next episode, we can really dive deep on that. Love it. Love it. And we just have one more question for you guys. We're really curious about this one. What do you think? Do Do you you like us? Thanks. Bye.